0: episode contains brief descriptions of historical methods of torture and execution. It may not be suitable for the very young or the very squeamish.
1: Do you remember when I did an episode on Caligula? Yes. That batshit crazy <laughs> yes. Roman um, emperor. I learned a new fact about him that I forgot to, that I didn't put in the um, in the podcast, but it's a good okay, one. Go on. So like, Apparently he tried to make his horse a senator.
0: <laughs> Wait. <laughs> So he was like, um, So, you know, my horse? Never was like, Yes. And he's then like, he was like, Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to make him a senator. I mean, and I know. was he... like, A centaur? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, No. a <laughs> yeah, senator.
1: I know he looks like a horse, but he's got a keen and penetrating mind. Nevon was like, like Uh huh. Right. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Caligula.
0: So I'm guessing it's so- that didn't.
1: Comedy didn't Gold. Actually no, no, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> everyone was like, this has gone too far.
1: <laughs> Comedy Gold is Caligula.
0: So mine's quite long today. Ooh, oh, okay, hi, then. everyone. By the way, this is, have you ever heard of <laughs> History Podcast? Uh, mine's quite long, but before we get into it, how are you?
1: Good. I've uh, started online therapy, which is nice.
0: That is good. Yeah. Sometimes therapy is just good. Yeah. I-, I did it for a while, and I think it really helped me realize that, like, I didn't need therapy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I needed like other things, yeah. but like that period where I needed it was helpful.
1: Work through so some things. Gonna...
0: Yeah, work through some things, and then get out the other side.
1: Yeah. Da da Yeah. How about you?
0: I am fine. Yes. Um, cold.
1: Mm. It is getting colder now
0: starting to feel a bit festive so it's, uh... that's
1: good yeah i actually was, I, was sh- I went out last night and i was i actually started shivering on the way back to the um tube station like london never really gets that cold though like it's not it's like it can be like a bit cold but it's not like berlin cold or like tokyo cold prague <laughs> where it really kind of like bites right down to the bone
0: yeah at least if it was that cold we might get some snow yeah Maybe we will get some snow. I don't like
1: snow, though. Controversial. I like Love to look snow. at it out the window, but being out in it fucking pisses me off. When up. it
0: turns to slush, it's annoying.
1: Yeah, just uh, all the time. I like. I don't like snowballs. It's like, right, kiss your hands, cold and wet, and then the eczema flares up and it's just awful.
0: Gloves, Dan.
1: Yeah, still, though. It makes it just makes my eczema <laughs> awful, so
0: yeah, I'm a snow times. curmudgeon. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get a because it's quite
1: long. I okay, it. So.
0: I've tried as much as possible to cut this down and keep it to like the very important facts. So it could be that during this time there are other facts that go in the story, uh-huh. and there are other people that are related to the story. But if I added in all the people and all the facts, this would be like three hours long.
1: So sticking to the lean meat. Yeah. Kind of fact. So
0: I'm doing an event.
1: Okay. Then
0: <laughs> can you guess the event?
1: Um. Oh. Okay. Then. Well.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're doing the gunpowder plot today.
1: So Sweet.
0: Actually, let's just start by a really quick explanation of what it is. Because yep. some people might not even know if you're not English. Yeah, so Americans. I know a lot of our listeners are from the US. <laughs> so the gunpowder plot, basically we celebrate it every 5th of November. It's when um, a bunch of treasonous men tried to blow up Parliament. And it happened, What well, was supposed to happen on the 5th of November, and that's why we celebrate it. Mm-hmm. And that's basically why we do fireworks and bonfires and stuff. And that's what we call bonfire now. That
1: would have been the old Houses of Parliament, wouldn't it? Not the cool, yes. gothic-y one that we have now.
0: So what did they want? So their principal aim was to kill King James. So this is James the I.
1: Or the 6th in Scotland.
0: Yes, 6th of... Scotland first of England, same guy (laughs) not two James was one James but many other targets would also be present at the opening of Parliament which Mm -hmm. was the day they wanted to do it was the day of opening including the monarch's nearest relatives and members of the Privy Council, there would be judges um, there would be Protestant aristocracy and bishops of the Church of England members of the House of Lords and also of course MPs Mm-hmm. There was Wiping also out the
1: entire in... power base in one go.
0: That's essentially what they yeah, wanted yeah. to do.
1: Dangerous to have all those people in one place.
0: Well, yeah, but that's what they do today.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah.
0: So the other important objective, as well as blowing up this, was actually to kidnap the king's daughter, Elizabeth, and basically put her on the throne.
1: Okay. Was she Catholic?
0: Well, there's this whole catholic protestant thing going on in uh-huh. england right now and have her be uh, basically have henry percy who was the earl of northumberland as regent though uh, saying okay. that they probably never actually told henry percy this was their plan <laughs> <laughs> they were just like he's catholic he'll do <laughs> so basically she was not there at the time she was housed at Combe abbey near coventry which is about 10 miles north of warwick so, it's not that far from London for those of you that don't live in the UK. It's like, you know, not. Nowadays, you get there in like an hour
1: uh-huh.
0: or two. Once they were dead, obviously, they'd install Elizabeth as the titular queen, but she would be controlled. The fate of her brothers, Henry and Charles that's Charles who would become Charles Hell I am. would be improvised. Basically they didn't really have a plan for them.
1: <laughs> okay, then, to see how they felt in the day.
0: <laughs> they were like and they're children, they're probably <laughs> fine. So let's talk about the main players in this story. The the main guy, obviously for us, we think most people think that Guy Fawkes was the main guy. Yeah. This is Wrong. He wasn't the guy who started the plot. He yeah, wasn't he was the guy soldier, who put everyone he? together. He was just like some guy. Yeah. <laughs> Literally.
1: He was just the dude that they were going to. He was like the full guy. The guy they were going to get to like light like yeah. the fuse.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So let's start with the guy who is like kind of the main guy. His name is Robert Catesby. And he was. Uh, you know, kind of distinguished lineage. He was the inspiration behind the plot. He was described as very good looking, very tall, athletic, good swordsman. Um, So obviously Catholic and charismatic.
1: Beware the charismatic types.
0: Yes. He took part in the Essex Rebellion in sixteen oh one, which was another kind of Catholic... Yeah. plot that happened ju- at the end of the reign of Elizabeth I. It. Um, obviously it didn't go well. <laughs> and he was wounded and captured. Uh, Queen Elizabeth actually allowed him to keep his life after fining him 4,000 marks which is the equivalent of more than 6 million pounds Ooh. in 2008, so even more now.
1: That is hefty.
0: And so he had to sell his estate. He helped organise, in 1603, a mission to the new king of Spain, Prince uh, Philip III, and he wanted Philip to launch an invasion on England because, obviously, he's Catholic. But that obviously didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) So then we have Thomas Wintour. Um, Basically, he was chosen as emissary to go to the Spanish king because they wanted him to help but actually the Spanish weren't very keen on helping with this gunpowder plot concern was raised by the Pope who was Pope Clement VIII that using violence to achieve a Catholic restoration would result in the destruction of those who remained Catesby invited Thomas Winter to his house in Lambeth in February 1604 the gunpowder plot wasn't like two weeks, they were like, oh, it's about Parliament. This was years in the yeah, making. Yeah. So it happened in 1605, but even by February 1604, they were already getting together. So, they basically discussed Catesby's plan to you know, re-establish Catholicism by blowing up the House of Lords <laughs> during the state opening of Parliament. Wintour was a scholar, he spoke several languages, and this is why he was the one who was kind of mm-hmm. the... The go-between with Spain, even though Spain weren't gonna help in the end. Also present at the first meeting was a man named John Wright, who was a-, a devout Catholic and one of the best swordsmen of the day. He had also taken part in the Essex Rebellion three years earlier. Yeah. Like I said, they tried to get Spanish support. The winter travelled to Flanders. And while he was there, he met an old man, not an old man, a young man actually, (laughs) a man uh, named Guy Fawkes. So he was a very committed Catholic. He had solved as a a soldier in the Southern Netherlands under the command of William Stanley. He'd been part of the English delegation to Spain in 1603 and had been like to spain like please invade england and they were like <laughs> mm, not enough. Right so Wintour told forks that some good friends of his wished his company in england and we're gonna do it without with the spanish help or not so the returned to england to tell them that katesby that the spanish support was unlikely
1: yeah it's not surprising that they didn't want to do it after the kerfuffle last time the
0: exactly that didn't go very well for them (laughs) so the last man in this kind of initial pack is thomas percy who is kate's friend and he was introduced into the plot a couple of weeks after the other guys he was a very serious character and very committed but a convert to the catholic faith Uh, okay what was the initial plan here (laughs) <laughs> what what's your plan guys because just... so the first meeting between the five conspirators took place on the 20th of May 1604 probably at the Duck and Drake Inn just off the Strand we should go there oh yeah that would be fun let's do it okay that's usually where Thomas Winter kind of stayed when he was in London so you've got Catesby, Winter, John Bright Guy Fawkes and Thomas Percy they were alone in a private room And they saw an oath of secrecy on a prayer book. By coincidence, Father John Gerard, who was a friend of Catesby's, was celebrating Mass in another private room, and they actually took communion from him after their meeting. Hmm. Following their oath, they left London and returned to their homes. Then a German of Parliament happened, and it gave them until February 1605 to realise their plans. Percy took up residence in London in a small property near the Prince's Chamber and he had a particular job that, that made it easy for him to be there. He was like a patron of the Earl of Northumberland, basically. So he had a reason to be there so he could be the one that was in London. He set up Guy Fawkes in the house as a servant. So posing as Percy's servant.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Guy Fawkes used the pseudonym John Johnson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just so stupid. So much imagination there
0: <laughs> like literally any other name
1: <laughs> so bland they named him twice <laughs>
0: <laughs> so meanwhile the king is con- continuing to with his policies against the catholics and parliament pushed through anti-catholic legislation all the way up until it was a german on the 7th of july medieval house of lords was a complex of buildings alongside the north bank of the River Thames, obviously, in London. <laughs> the building which the Potters planned to destroy was at the south end of the complex of the buildings, alongside a minor alley that led to a staircase known as the Parliament Stairs. The conspirators returned to London in October of 1604, and then a man named Robert Keyes also joined them, so six. His responsibility was to take charge of Katesby's house in Lambeth, where the gunpowder and other supplies were stored.
1: Oh, Apparently,
0: man. like Fawkes, he was very capable of looking after himself.
1: <laughs> Another wicked swordsman, back when fencing was cool.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's still cool again. <laughs> so it was actually announced on the 24th of December that the reopening of Parliament would be delayed. And because of one thing that happens all the time in one in England the plague
1: oh, so man, the plague meant one. that rather
0: than sitting in February as they originally planned for, the Parliament would not sit again until the third of october sixteen o five so they had more time to plan, but also they were getting like itchy
1: in both senses of the word <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, literally
1: <laughs> gunpowder is so itchy.
0: <laughs> Some accounts say that during this time they were digging a tunnel beneath Parliament. But there's absolutely no evidence that the existence of the tunnel was actually there. No trace of it has ever been found. The account of the tunnel comes from Winter's confession, but Guy Fawkes said nothing about the existence of it until its fifth interrogation. So I think at that point he was like, sure, there was a tunnel, whatever.
1: Stop taking my fingernails out. Um,
0: Logistically, this is probably incredibly difficult, especially as none of them had any experience of mining (laughs) So definitely doesn't exist. We would have found it by now. Yeah. By the time that the new year rolled around, which at this point in history was on the twenty fifth of March, what? <laughs> well, because it's the old style calendar.
1: Oh uh, what the yeah pre Gregorian or whatever.
0: By the time it rolled around, they had added three more people: Robert Winter, who I've mentioned, John Grant, and Christopher Wright.
1: So, where did the Gregorian calendar start?
0: It started in the 1700s. Okay, then. Yeah, It's
1: like 1730. Oh, yeah, because it pops yeah. up in Empire Total War. Oh, yeah, Empire Total War. <laughs> like, oh, dates <laughs>
0: changed. They were obvious choices, these new men. They had small fortunes, they had courts. There's Wintour and inher- had inherited Huntingdon Court, which was a known refuge for priests. And they were all devout Catholics.
1: Ah, oh, yeah, the little priest boxes. Is that what they're called? Priest box?
0: Priest holes.
1: Priest holes. So
0: priest holes, for those of you who don't know, are literally like holes in the wall of a building where priests would hide. And in case shove a there was... in there. Yeah, literally, in case <laughs> there was... um Raid. You know, raid. So you've got Christopher Wright, who's John's brother, has also taken part in the Essex Revolt, and John Grant was married to Wintor's sister Dorothy, so everybody knows each other already. Oh, buddies. Okay, so let's just quickly talk about the Undercroft. Do you know what an Undercroft is? I do not. So an Undercroft is kind of the crypt of a church,
1: like right okay. underneath
0: of a church, basically. So, in addition, on the 25th of March was the day the Potters purchased a lease on the Undercroft they had supposedly tunnelled to, and it was owned by a man named Don Winnyard. The reason for this was because it was easily accessible, merchants and lawyers lived and worked in the lodgings, and the building was at a right angle to the Lords, alongside the passageway of Parliament Place, which itself led to Parliament Stairs and the River Thames. So they could put stuff under okay. there, including food and firewood, and it was right there. It was literally directly beneath the undercroft, the first floor House of Lords.
1: Okay. Right beneath.
0: And it had once been used as the palace's medieval kitchen. It was unused, filthy, and its location was ideal for what the group had planned to do. They could have been under there, set it alight, and poof, explosion. So, in the second week of June, Catesby met met. So in London, a principal Jesuit, so Father Henry Garnett, and he asked him about the morality of what they were doing. He was like, "Look, are we going to get into heaven if we do this? Because we're like killing a load of people." And Garnet was like, "Yeah, it's fine because (laughs) because obviously that's like re-establishing Catholicism." I mean, obviously he didn't say yes, fine, but you know what I mean.
1: But Thou shalt not kill, unless it's good killing.
0: But then another priest named uh, Oswald, he basically told Garnet he had taken Catesbury's confession and he learned about the plot. Without acknowledging he knew the precise nature of it, Garnet attempted to dissuade Catesbury from his course, but to no avail. So at this point we're getting priests like involved.
1: Okay, like, these oh Catholic man.
0: priests are now like involved because they know about it. Yeah. Even if they're not involved like physically. Garnet actually wrote to a colleague in Rome expressing his c- concerns. And he said that there, there is a risk that some private endeavour may commit treason or use force against the king. And he urged the Pope to issue a brief use against force. Well, I don't know if it actually got to the Pope, okay, to be then. fair. So, according to Forks, 20 barrels of gunpowder were bought first, followed by more in July, so 16th and 20th of July. The supply of gunpowder is theoretically controlled under the government, but it could be attained by illicit sources. So, black market, literally. On the 28th of of July, the ever-present threat of plague again delayed the opening of Parliament, this time until Tuesday, the 5th of November. Oh, here we go. So, it's July, Fawkes decides to leave the country for some time, the king was out of the city hunting, and Garnet, um, who was the priest, he thought the threat had basically receded, and travelled on a pilgrimage. So other people were kind of taken some time off from the plot. Mm. <laughs> it's uncertain when Forks actually returned to Lingan's, but he was back by late August.
1: So holiday didn't mellow him then. He didn't come back and be like, "I had a really good time." You know, I just I don't think we should kill the king. I've got a tan. I some yeah. beers. I had to think about it. And you know what? Maybe we should be kill good. everyone.
0: No. <laughs> he is, he's still up for it. When he got back, they actually discovered that the gunpowder had decayed. So they needed to put more oh, gunpowder in the room. Uh, along with firewood to conceal it. And then the final three conspirators were recruited in late 1605. Um, this was... Around Michaelmas, which I just love that.
1: That is a great name.
0: Yeah, so good. There was a man called Ambrose Rookwood. There was Everard Digby. I can't. You can't make these <laughs> so names <good>. up. <laughs> so good. He had actually been knighted by the king in April
1: sixteen o three. So he we was Sir Digby.
0: He was actually converted to Catholicism by Gerard, who was one of the priests I just talked about. So. <laughs> So, and then the last one was Francis Tresham, who was the last guy to join on the 14th of October. So, at this point, you've got like eight people and then like a couple of priests as well. <laughs> so, you've got people. <laughs> what are they like doing as joinies?
1: Like, uh...
0: Well, I guess like that everyone has different roles. So, I'm going to talk about it. So, okay. so have you ever heard of the Monteagle letter? I have not. An anonymous letter was sent to William Parker, the fourth Baron of Monteagle. It was instrumental in revealing the plot's existence. The author's identity has never reliably been established, although Francis Tresham has long been a suspect. Monteagle himself has been considered responsible and has has Lord Salisbury. So the details of the plot were finalised in October in a series of taverns across London. <laughs> which is just the best. Forks would be left to light the fuse and then a scrape across the Thames or simultaneously a revolt in the Midlands would help ensure the capture of the king's daughter Elizabeth. And that's why they needed more people for that particular part.
1: Okay. Forks
0: would leave for the continent to explain everything in England to the European Catholic powers. I just I love that they think he's just gonna like light the fuse and then run up the stairs and then just like get on the Thames and be like "May like <laughs>
1: escaping like uh, a action film scene just the big explosions behind him and he's just going Poosh.
0: with like a lantern Esca- and like yeah. his hat so <laughs> at this point the wives of those involved and Anne Vo who was a friend who often shielded priests at her home like a Catholic woman they become increasingly concerned Because they suspected what was about to happen. Like, you can't hide this from your wife, you know.
1: Yeah. She'll know. If you want to blow up everyone, your wife's going to know.
0: They were also... People were actually concerned about fellow Catholics, who would be president of Parliament that day. They were concerned for their patrons, especially Percy's patron Northumberland. And basically, Catesby suggested that maybe like, a minor wound or something could help him from that chamber down. They'd be like, oh, I accidentally prick him with, like, a needle or something and Mm -hmm. he can't be there that day. So they're, like, keeping some people, like, away from it. Let's get back to the Monteagle letter. So Monteagle arranged a meal in his house on the 26th of October. Suddenly, a servant appeared saying they had been handed a letter for Lord Monteagle from a stranger in the road. Wanting your it to be read aloud to the company. And this is what the letter said. My Lord, out of the love I bear some of your friends, I have a care of your preservation. Therefore, I would advise you, as you tender your life, to devise some excuse to shift your attendance at this Parliament. For God and man hath concurred to punish the wickedness of this time. And think not slightly of this advertisement, but retire yourself to your country, where you may expect the event in safety. For though there is no appearance of any stir, yet I shall receive a terrible blow at this parliament, and yet they shall not see who hurts them. This council is not to be condemned, because it may do you good, and you can do no harm, for the danger has passed as soon as you have burnt the letter." And I hope God will give you the grace to make good use of it. To those holy protection, I commend you. So basically, the person who sent him this letter
1: mm-hmm. was like,
0: "Look, we want to preserve you." I think yeah. he must have been a Catholic, and he was like, "Just don't, just go to your country house that that day." And and he was like, "Hmm." So I'm not going to do that, I'm going to probably ride to Whitehall <laughs> and tell the current Earl of Salisbury, who I've talked about before. So Salisbury informed the Earl of Rochester, then a Catholic named Henry Howard, but it was kept from the king because he was still hunting. <laughs> so they were going to wait till he got back. Oncekew's servant, Thomas Ward, had family connections with the Wright brothers and sent a message to Catesbury about the betrayal. Catesbury, who had been due to go hunting with the king, suspected that Tresham was responsible for the letter. Winter, like, confronted him, but Tresham was like, No, it wasn't me. So we still don't know who sent the letter, though Tresham is like the current historical like consensus.
1: <laughs> I love that they didn't tell the king. It's like should we tell him No, no, he's enjoying himself. Let him have, his, let him have a good time. Let they'll, tell him he, they'll tell him people are trying to kill him when he gets back.
0: I think it was at M4 Chase actually. Um, so the letter was then shown to the king on Friday, the first of November, following his arrival back in London. He read it and he seized upon the word "blow" and he thought, "Ah, oh, there's going to be an explosion." <laughs> and Salisbury was like, "Good one, King!" Like, <laughs> Good he, thinking, obviously, mind. he obviously like knew this was the case, <laughs> but he was like, "I'm going to let you take the credit." Um, <laughs> so funny, I
1: love that. It's like when Wellington used to. Uh... Just humor. Who was it? Was it? I can't remember if it was George the third or the Fourth, mm. who thought he'd fought at like the Bath of Waterloo and he'd like talk about it during dinners and went to be like, Yes, my lord, you did very well, my lord. <laughs> he was no, he's not there.
0: <laughs> you were
1: the best, I have to admit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so he basically called in the privy council and he basically ordered that Parliament has of Parliament be searched both above and below. So they had a final meeting the conspirators on the 3rd of November and everything was like gone over and there was to be a ship waiting anchor on the Thames for the people that were in London. Mm-hmm. On the 4th of November there was a hunting party, in advert commas, that went out. And this is the party that were going to go and abduct Elizabeth. Okay. Duh.
1: They were hunting for a human. <laughs> yeah, a I mean, grim. it literally was a hunting <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: party. <laughs> On the same day, Percy visited the Earl of Northumberland, who was uninvolved in the conspiracy. Okay. To see if what rumours there were about the letter. And then Percy returned to London and assured winter, right and keys so nothing... Was to be concerned about, and he returned his lodgings on Grayson Road. That same evening, Catesby, likely accompanied by John Wright and Bates, set off for the Midlands. So they set off to this, like, quote unquote, hunting party <laughs> that we're gonna get, Elizabeth. Fawkes visited Keys and was given a pocket watch left by Percy to time the fuse lighting. And an hour later, Rickwood received several engraved swords from a local, cu- uh, I guess for the quote-unquote hunting party, who were going to go and get Elizabeth.
1: Just made some commemorative swords.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done, have a commemorative sword. So, there are a couple of different accounts of the searches that happened above and below Parliament. But basically, they found this big pile of firewood in the undercroft under the House of Lords, accompanied by what they presumed was a serving man, aka Fawkes, who told them that the firewood belonged to his master thomas percy they reported their findings by which time folks had left the building
1: wait they didn't arrest him
0: well also they didn't check under the firewood which (laughs) where all the gunpowder was being but okay the king was like look i think we need another search mainly because percy is like a known catholic so, later that night, another search party returned to the Undercroft. They again found Fawkes, dressed in a cloak and hat, wearing boots with spurs, which is like, if you see like <laughs> yeah, a yeah. comedy version of Guy Fawkes, that's what you'd, <laughs> you know, see. He was arrested and he gave, gave his name as John Johnson.
1: I can't believe he managed to escape the first time and still went back.
0: He was carrying a lantern, which is now held at the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford, if you want to see it. And they also found the pocket watch and several matches. Oh, man. And and touch wood. They then found 36 barrels of gunpowder under piles of, like, coal
1: and wood. That is quite a collection of gunpowder. Fawkes
0: was taken to the king early in the morning of 5th of November. Let's talk about their flight. (laughs) (laughs) The news of John Johnson's arrest spread among the plotters still in London, and they fled northwest um, along Wattling Street, actually hey. We've talked about that before, for, for listeners. <laughs> Christopher and Thomas Percy left together. Rookwood then soon after. Apparently, he managed to cover thirty miles in two hours on one horse.
1: Really, oh that my. is
0: impressive. He rode riding. that horse she into the ground. Did not want to be found. <laughs> <laughs> he overtook Keys. Apparently, he had left uh, earlier. <laughs> And then Wright and Percy Like on the road
1: well. He just like no. galloped past him <laughs> Screw
0: you! He then caught up Catesby, Wright and Bates on the same road The whole like group Were now like reunited And they continued to Northwest um, Dunchurch Um Using horses provided by Digby The only one to stay in London was Thomas Winter Who went to see Went to Westminster to see what was happening when he realised the plot had been uncovered, he took horse and made for his sister's house in Norbrook before continuing to handle court. So, the group of six conspirators, they stopped at Ashby St. Ledger's about 6pm, where they were met by Robert Winter, and they updated on the situation. They continued to Donchurch. like I said, they met Digby, and Catesby convinced him that even though the plot was a failure, an armed struggle might be a possibility. He announced to the hunting party that the king and Salisbury were dead before moving the fugitives to West Warwick. Obviously, this isn't true. Mm-hmm. They weren't dead, but I guess he wanted to try and convince them that they could still, like, revolt.
1: Okay, then. Like...
0: In London, the news of the plot was spreading. Basically, <laughs> people within the city gates, like, were trying to like there was like an angry mob and they were trying to like get into the Spanish ambassador's house because they thought he had something to do with it an arrest warrant was issued against Thomas Percy and his patron the Earl of Northumberland was placed under house arrest but he didn't have anything to do with it so in John Johnson's aka Guy Fawkes's initial interrogation (laughs) he only revealed the name of his mother and that he was from Yorkshire a letter to Guy Fawkes was discovered on his person
1: how did they he get that bit of information? The name but, of his mother.
0: But he just claimed that it was one of his aliases. Like, what's an alias? What's more, an alias? Skyfall or John Johnson? <laughs> like, it's so stupid. Also, why did he keep a letter to himself on him? It's just so dumb. Didn't actually deny his intentions. He stated that his purpose was to destroy the king of parliament, but he did say that he acted alone. And he was said to possess a Roman resolution, which is like basically just really stoic. He wasn't going to give anyone up,
1: basically.
0: Okay, so So the last stand. (laughs) On the 6th of November, with Fawkes maintaining his silence, the fugitives raided Warwick Castle for supplies and they continued to Norbrook to collect weapons. From there, they continued their journey to Huntington. Bates left the group and travelled. To somewhere else to deliver a letter from Catesby to Father Garnet and the other priests, informing them of what transpired and asking for help raising an army. Garnet replied, begging Catesby and his followers to stop their wicked actions before he himself fleed. Several priests set out for Warwick, worried of the fate of their colleagues. They were caught and then imprisoned in London. Catesby and the others ride right at Huntingdon early in the afternoon, and they were met by Wentor, who was already there. They received practically no support and sympathies from the people they met, including family members, who were basically terrified of being accused of treason. <laughs> Which it was. <laughs> yeah. This is treason month. They continued to Holbeach Beach house on the border of Staffordshire. Tired and desperate, they spread out some of their now-soaked gunpowder in front of the fire to dry out. This is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> Although gunpowder does not explode unless physically contained, a spark <laughs> from the fire launched onto the powder and the resultant flames engulfed Catesby, Rookwood, Grant, and oh, a man, man named Morgan who was part of the hunting party.
1: So they burnt themselves alive?
0: Well, so basically, Winter has been told by a messenger that Catesby had died. Um, He hadn't actually died. At that point, Winter went to the house, found Catesby alive, but very scorched. Oh,
1: man.
0: John Grant was not so lucky. He had been blinded by the fire.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: Digby, um, Winter, and his half-brother John, and Thomas Bates had all left. Of the Potters, the only ones that were left were Catesby, Grant, the Wright brothers, Brookwood, and Percy. The fugitives resolved to stay in the house and just wait for the king's men. At this point, they were burned. One of them was blind. Oh, like, it's over,
1: right? Probably better to die than just be, like, scorched. Just so, do, like.
0: Uh, Richard Walsh, who was the sheriff of Worcester, arrived on the 8th of November with 200 men. Thomas Winter was hit in the shoulder while crossing the courtyard. John Wright was shot, followed by his brother and then Rickward. Catesby and Percy were reportedly killed by a single lucky shot. The attackers rushed to the property and stripped the dead or dying defendants of their clothing. Grant, Morgan, Rookwood, and Winter, who were still alive, were arrested. To be honest, Catesby, who was like the guy who started this whole thing, uh-huh. he got off really lucky, being shot with a single, yeah. like, like really lucky, because we know what is happens it- to the yeah. others. So a man named Sir Edward Coke was in charge of interrogations.
1: Oh boy.
0: (laughs) Over a period of about ten weeks in the lieutenant's lodgings at the Tower of London, which is now called the Queen's House, by the way, he questioned those who had been implicated. In the first round of interrogations, no real proof exists that the people were tortured, although on several occasions Salisbury certainly suggested that they should be. (laughs) Coke later revealed that the threat of torture was almost, in most cases enough to elicit a confession.
1: There were some good, like, torture devices in these days. Yes,
0: yeah, so they used, Top like, notch. one of those ones where they lie down and they put, like a cl- like, clamps on their hands and feet and pull... And
1: oh, yeah, they get yeah. stretched, a stretched out yeah, like we're a stretch racking
0: Rack, yeah, that's it. Okay, so H-
1: the hungry rats in a cage on the chest, that's a good one. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> or just water torture. So,
1: oh yeah, just
0: But that's like more modern one, isn't it?
1: I don't know, the dripping dripping torture, constant dripping on your forehead. I would literally murder through.
0: someone if that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. so annoying. <laughs>
0: I can't even stand like a clock. Anyway <laughs> Only two confessions were ever printed in full. This was Fawkes' confession on the eighth of November and Wintour's on the twenty third of November. Having been involved in the conspiracy from the start, Winter was able to give an extremely valuable information to the Privy Council. Winter's testimony mentioned no nothing about his brother Robert. Both were published in the so called King's Book, a hastily written official account of the conspiracy in late November 1605. Henry Percy, the Earl of Northumberland, was in a very difficult position. <laughs> so there was like evidence against him because Henry Thomas Percy had had dinner with him, like the day before, but there was nothing to actually implicate him. In fact, the Privy Council thought Northumberland would have been. Princess Elizabeth's protector had the plot succeeded, but there was no evidence. So basically he was charged with contempt, stripped of his offices, fined thirty thousand pounds, which is about six point six million pounds in today's money. And kept in the Tower of London until June sixteen
1: twenty one. Oh wow, okay, that's good.
0: So he wasn't killed but his life is pretty much over. <laughs>
1: like supposedly got quite a nice view up there
0: yeah i guess (laughs) a lot of books probably (laughs) a couple of lords that may have been involved but not like directly were condemned to imprisonment in the tower where they remained as well to 1608 and given significant fines several other people also not involved directly in the conspiracy but known to be related to them were also questioned So the priest, that's quickly mentioned the priest. Oh yeah. So Thomas Bates confessed on the 4th of December, providing much of the information that Salisbury needed to link Catholic clergy to the plot. Bates had been present at most of the conspirators' meetings, and under interrogation he implicated Father Testamond in the plot. That's the second one. So on the 13th of January 1686 he described how he'd visited Garnet and Testamond on the 7th of November to earn... Form Garnet of the pot's failure. At about the same time, Tresham, who's one of the guys, his health began to deteriorate. He was visited by his wife, a nurse, and his servant, uh, who actually documented this illness. Before he died, Tresham told of Garnet's involvement um, with the 1603 mission to Spain as well. Though in his last house he actually retracted those statements. So I don't know what's okay. tr- true, really. Maybe he just wants to get in heaven. Um, (laughs) Nowhere in his confession did he mention the Montego letter. He actually died on the morning of 23rd of December and was buried in the tower. Nevertheless, he was attained along with the other plotters and his head was set on a pike. Oh, man. Either in Northampton or at London Bridge. um, There's different accounts. But he, again... (laughs) Imagine just
1: walking to work and there's just heads on pikes.
0: I don't know about you, but... Like, I would love to see on a head on a
1: pipe. It, it would be, it would make the commute much more interesting. <laughs> I'm to be not fair. saying
0: I agree with any of that, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, yeah, I mean, it would be just disgusting. There would be birds all over it, and like, ugh, but I don't know, there's something about it that's just so, like, medieval, I guess. Hashtag, <laughs> like, I would love to see a head on a pipe. So at this point, um, Father Garnet, Father Gerard, Father Greenway, and Testamond Wanted men. So Testamond and Gerard actually managed to escape the country and lived out their days in freedom.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Whereabouts? Spain. And oh, the old Costa del crime.
0: I, I am <laughs> guessing Spain because of the Catholic connections. They yeah, must yeah. have had like you know. I don't. I don't actually know for
1: sure. It's so just what old people, old British people do now. Just go retire in the south coast of Spain, live it up. <laughs>
0: On oh, the 9th of January, uh, Wintour and Littleton were eventually captured. They were hiding in Hangley at the home of Humphrey Littleton. Humphrey Littleton! Like the presenter? <laughs> that can't be true. The brother of the MP, John Littleton. So they were actually betrayed by a cook who was suspicious of the amount of food sent up for, for his master's consumption. <laughs> and even though Humphrey denied the presence of two fugitives, another servant led them to the hiding place.
1: So the servants lie all over this. But then, aren't they all out of a job if, uh, if their masters get arrested?
0: On the 24th of January, starving two priests left the hiding places and were discovered. Humphrey Littleton, who had hidden the guy's... Uh, escaped from hangley got as far as Staffordshire before he was captured. He was imprisoned and condemned to death in Worcester.
1: Wow! Yeah, so death out of a job just for hiding them, guys.
0: <laughs> guys, you're out of a job. <laughs> Actually, saying that, even though he's condemned to death, a couple of days later, in exchange for his life, he told authorities where they could find Father Garnett. Worn down before hiding for too long, Garnet, accompanied by another priest, actually emerged from his priest hole the next day. So, like we we're talking about priest holes. Oh yeah, said, I'm so done. Just... I'm going out of this hole.
1: <laughs> they are tiny, like saying in those for days it would be horrendous. That's torture in and of itself.
0: Okay, so let's quickly talk about the trials and death. So seven of the prisoners were taken from the tower to the star chamber by Barge. Bates, who was considered lower class, was brought from the Gatehouse prison. So people who were in the tower were only like allowed to be in the tower because they were like, like high class. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like if I was in prison, Custom. I'd want to be in the tower, obviously. <laughs> Some of the prisoners were reportedly despondent, whereas others were nonchalant, even smoking tobacco as they went. The fact that they were allowed <laughs> was just like insane
1: is really dramatically smoking cigarettes.
0: So the King and his family watched the trial like bit hidden from view. A uh, list of traitors' names were read aloud beginning with those of the priests which I think was like normal. First to speak was the speaker of the House of Commons which was Sir Edward Phillips who described the plot in lurid detail. Followed by Coke who was the guy who did the interrogations and the torturing... Monteagle's part in the discovery of the plot was welcomed. The 1603 mission to Spain was featured strongly. Each of the condemned, said so Coke, would be drawn backwards to his death by a horse, his head near the ground. He was to be put to death halfway between heaven and earth, as unworthy of both. This is the gross bit. So, like, if there you're gross, go. if you're grossed out, then <laughs> not that that wasn't gross, but if you're like grossed out, then. So, his genitals would be cut off and burnt before his eyes.
1: Oh, man. And his bowels
0: and heart then removed. He would then be decapitated and dismembered parts of his body would be displayed so they'd become prey for the fowls of the air.
1: Oh, man.
0: So, that's what's called hung, drawn on cords. They're hanged, their insides are drawn out and then they are cut into four pieces and they're put in like a basket, aren't they? Yeah. And then so birds can like eat them. So
1: the janitors, grim. though. The janitors, right
0: in front Before of Before their face. eyes. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just so dark. So confessions and decorations from the prisoners were read aloud, and finally the prisoners were allowed to speak. Rickwick claimed he had been drawn into plot by Catesby, who he loved and above a worldly man. Wintop begged to be hanged for himself and his brother so that his brother might be spared. Fawkes explained his not guilty plea as ignorance of certain aspects of the indictment. Keyes appeared to accept his fate, Bates and Robert Winter begged for mercy, and Grant explained his involvement as a conspiracy intended, but never effected. Only Digby, on a separate indictment, pleaded guilty, insisting that the King had reneged on promises of toleration for Catholics, and that affection for Catesby and love of the Catholic cause mitigated his actions. He sought death by an axe and bed for mercy from King and his young family. His events, however, was in vain. His arguments were rebuked by Coke, and along with his seven co conspirators, he was found guilty for high treason. So basically, everyone involved in this is gonna die except for the two priests that go away and lived oh, out man. their days in in, in wonderfulness. <laughs> So Garnet, one of the priests that didn't get away, was questioned as many as 23 occasions. They didn't have, like, the right evidence on him, and they actually resorted to forging correspondence between him and other Catholics, but it didn't actually work. His jailers allowed him to talk with another priest in a neighbouring cell, and they eavesdropped. Eventually, Garnet let up a crucial piece of information that there was only one man who could testify that he had knowledge under the plot. Under torture, Garnet admitted that he had heard of the plot from Oswald Testamond and that he had learned of it in confession by Catesby. Garnet was charged with high treason and tried in the Guildhall on 28th of March in a trial just lasting one day from 8am to 7pm. According to Coke, Garnet instigated the plot, but we'll see. That's not true. Garnet refused all the charges against him and explained the Catholic position on such matters, but nevertheless he was found guilty and sentenced to death. So finally, quick word on the executions. Although Catesby and Percy escaped the executioner, because they were shot with Bernard, their bodies were exhumed and decapitated and their heads exhibited on spikes outside the House of Lords. Do not tell me you would not need to see a head on a spike. <laughs> I think, oh, yeah, everyone, like, like, not a specific head, <laughs> just, just like, like
1: some heads.
0: Yeah, just like a couple of maybe even fake heads would be fine. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's just <laughs> like it would just brighten the place up a little bit.
0: A <laughs> little bit, just a bit. <laughs> okay, so on a cold 30th of January, <laughs> Everard Digby, Robert Winter, John Grant, Thomas Bates were tied to hurdles, wooden paddles, and jagged through the crowded streets. Of London to St Paul's Ooh. Churchyard, Digby, the first to mount the scaffold, asked the spectators for forgiveness, and he refused the attentions of a Protestant clergyman who stripped of his clothing wearing only a shirt, climbed the ladder to his place, whose head threw the noose, he was quickly cut down while still fully conscious he was crashateded, disembowelled, quartered along with the three other prisoners.
1: lovely stuff
0: following day, James Winter at Ambrose Rockwood. Robert Keys and Guy Fawkes were hanged, drawn, and quartered, opposite the building they had planned to blow up in the Old Palace Yard at Westminster.
1: Like all at the same time, or do they have to like watch each other? Go I think it's it? one by one. You know. Oh man, you're yeah, being yeah. last in that line.
0: Well, from from this, what I'm about to read, I think it's one by one. So Keys did not wait for the hangman's command and jumped from the gallows, but he survived the drop and was led to the quartering block. Oh, so what they do man. is they hang them until they're like. semi-conscious and then they cut off their genitals (laughs) don't laugh (laughs) nice
1: Nice try dude trying to escape it
0: so listen to this although weakened by his torture forks managed to jump from the gowls and break his neck thus avoiding the agony of the gruesome later part of his execution
1: cheeky (laughs) bastard (laughs) so uh so yeah so we burn him but he he never actually went through any of the torture That's why. That must be why we burn him. Because we're annoyed that he got away with it. (laughs)
0: Bastard. So the last three people. Stephen Etterton was executed at Stratford. His cousin Humphrey, despite his cooperation with authorities, met his end at Red Hill near Worcester. And Henry Garrett's execution took place on the 3rd of May, 1606. And that is the fate of the people involved in the gunpowder plot. Whether or not they actually... Did anything? I think the reason we burn Guy is because he's the guy that was gonna light yeah, the yeah. fuse, even though Catesby is the guy who set up the whole plot. It's not yeah. as exciting a person. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like it's Guy Fawkes, sure. is guy
0: with the matches, kind of thing. Yeah. And
1: he's also, like, like fuse, so we were like his fuse.
0: Guy Fawkes is such a more exciting name.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean?
0: Well, he's yeah. now because we associate it with yeah penny for the guy
1: there we go so do we think that um it, that, it, that his story kind of warrants all the guy fawkes masks that everyone wears or the hype for, yeah
0: i don't know i mean 36 barrels of gunpowder is a lot of gunpowder yeah.
1: but i mean like, like the thing he's trying to install wasn't like i don't know like lots of kind of like activists wear it and stuff like anarchists and stuff he wasn't really an anarchist was he he was a he wanted to instill a pretty authoritarian
0: He didn't, he just Catholic wanted, like, Catholicism. It wasn't like, you know, a, if he'd waited, like, a monarch later, there would have been a civil war. Yeah. So, like, if, like yeah. you know, it's kind of... But generally, of, like, the Catholic yeah. systems
1: were more, like, authoritarian than the the Protestant system in Britain.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it depends which, which, you know, monarch you're looking at, really suppose so. But they did not succeed. We haven't had a good revolt in a while, have we?
1: <laughs> yeah. This is true.
0: Princes <laughs> <laughs> already with...
1: do revolt, so does it? I mean, like... I mean, like, we called, like, um... William and Mary taking over, like the glorious revolution. It wasn't really, a revolution was it? It's just. It wasn't a very a glorious
0: or-, or a revolution.
1: Yeah. it's just a very. It's just an orderly handing over of power.
0: <laughs> it was very by orderly. press by
1: yeah by like parliament it's actually
0: more orderly than anything else we've done. Yeah. <laughs> so I should wrap up because this is a yeah. really long episode. So if you're still here, thank you very much. And while you're here, why don't you subscribe? And also, you can tell your friends by just clicking that share button. And
1: yeah.
0: you can click the five stars to leave us a little five star and even a review if you want to. Yeah. You don't have to, but it really helps the algorithm if you do.
1: <laughs> and then if you could leave your name, we'll shout out. We still haven't had a, done a shout out, so that makes me sad. I'd love to do a little shout out. It'd be <laughs> so much fun.
0: So yeah, do it. Leave your name.
1: And follow us on uh, social media at you. Have a. Uh, you have a at Have You Ever Pod on Twitter and Instagram, I'm going to get better at updating that.
0: And thank you very much because we have <laughs> finally had five thousand downloads.
1: Yay! Yay! That's a that's quite a
0: milestone. Milestone. <laughs> you can tweet that. And I will. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye!